This podcast is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desk. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at aspirus.co, A-S-P-I-R-U-S.co. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. In this episode, I speak to John Russell from TechCrunch where we discuss Rocket Internet's 1 billion exit to Alibaba and its impact to e-commerce and funding cycles in Southeast Asia. We also discuss the future of Rocket Internet and revisit the winter is coming narrative in Asia. Hi John. Hi Bernard, how are you doing? Welcome back. How are, how are things with you at TechCrunch? Yep, good. We have an event in New York next week, so I'll be going over for that. Not really focused on Asia, but obviously very, very focused on tech. Mm. I've seen you actually interview some guests on the TechCrunch Disrupt videos, actually. I did, yeah, I did. I'm not the best interviewer, I don't think, but what I lack in sort of polish, I make up for with no, enthusiasm, you, I think. You're full of substance, my friend. When <laughs> we have, <laughs> and we are talking to John Russell from TechCrunch. The news seems to be flowing and there's a lot of interesting things happen. And what I decided to get you here to talk a little bit about something that's been ongoing in the market. It actually ties to the narrative that we have spoke about, about winter is coming. I know some of the Asian tech sites don't agree with us, but I think the discussion today we want to really center on is whether what is happening to Rocket Internet. I think you broke the news. One of the first people that broke the news about Alibaba's $1 billion investment to Lazada. My first question to you is what actually happened and where do you see the impact to e-commerce in the Southeast Asia market? Yeah, so this, this announcement actually happened while I was on, on vacation. But I think tech, we did cover our tech. So the Rocket Internet always does its announcements when I'm not working, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Alibaba is investing or has invested a billion dollars in Lazada buying some secondary shares, but also buying controlling interest for $500 million. So that was the news. There had been some rumors uh, about this before, but honestly, like there's so much speculation about Rocket Internet. It's pretty hard to know like what's a rumor, what's actually true. To honestly, I'm, I'm quite annoyed because I, we did hear about this. I did hear about this. I didn't manage to get the news verified and do a story. So I was quite upset when it came out because, because yeah, it would have been a really big scoop. But what I heard before was that they were going to buy the whole company for about $2 billion. And actually, that once the news came out, and I spent my two days of my holiday talking to lots of rocket internet people, because there are so many of them floating around Southeast Asia, right? You know, there's a the high amount of churn. All these companies go through people very, very quickly. And uh, it turns out, yeah, they, they did have conversations at the end of last year about potentially buying the company outright for about one between 1.5 and 2 billion. I think, yeah, the investment they did was 1.5 billion, but they put $500 million into the company. So it was essentially a $2 billion. It's valued at $2 billion now, I think. But yeah, so ultimately they came to an agreement in January. And then after Rocket did some due diligence on, not Rocket, sorry, after Ali's due diligence company, they opted to take this route instead. So to buy like half a billion dollars worth of stock, fresh stock, and to buy some secondary stock as well. And then over time, they're going to buy out the rest of the investors and own the, own the company fully. So I guess they must have seen something that maybe they were a bit concerned or something or maybe they just need, wanted some time just to see how the business goes before they completely own it i thought one of the interesting things that you actually did after the news broke out was that you actually pieced together some of the ongoing forensic about the financials of the company and what is happening to each of yeah. the other assets as well i thought one of the most interesting data point that came up from your article was that lazada itself is grossing something like 191 million in sales but actually the company is carrying a 233 million operating loss. 
Yeah, I mean, the numbers are, are crazy. And yeah, I mean, Rocket is obviously a public company in Germany, so you can always access this data. One of the good things that trying to do a story before it breaks, so I mentioned that we had this tip and I'd been working on the story, was that you already have a lot of the story in, in your head or you've, you've done the groundwork and talked to lots of ex-people who work there. So actually writing that story was quite easy because I already had lots of sources who talked about it. But yeah, what was surprising was that, yeah, they all said that at the end of the year that Lazada ran out of cash, basically, didn't have any money left and it, it looks like they took money from Rocket and Kinovic which is one of the investors that invest in a lot of Rocket internet companies to keep them going and then they took the money from Alibaba which obviously is going to keep the business going longer but yeah the losses were, are insane I mean to be fair they, the GMV so the, the total volume of transactions crossed a billion dollars for, for the first time I think. Is that right? Or Yes, the gross merchandise value. This is basically the amount <laughs> yeah. of bookings that's booked on the e-commerce site itself. It's, it's a term that most of the people yeah. in the e-commerce industry talk about. I mean, I, I work for e-commerce logistics company, well. so I probably yeah. also have to mention that this is a pretty important metric for a lot of e-commerce companies. I think it's pretty it's, I mean, it's pretty impressive that they reach billion dollars GMV. Like, that's pretty impressive because Southeast Asia is still a very nascent market in terms of online commerce, right? I mean, Alibaba said that 3% of all commerce is online so it's really i mean on one side there's an opportunity to obviously grow that and that's what alibaba was saying you know they're very bullish about 23 percent but from the other side if you're starting a company and you know the pie is that small i think it's very very difficult coming back to the first question because i think you narrated how the whole process went what is the impact to the e-commerce industry in the market from your perspective i don't know where, where do we start there's, there's a lot to say right <laughs> a lot to talk about i think it's generally a good thing uh, it puts Southeast Asia on the map in terms of like investors and companies and everybody and not just in the US I think actually the US is less relevant it's more about China and India right it puts Southeast Asia on the map lots of companies especially in India very keen to get into Southeast Asia and this is just a good proof point that the market is going somewhere that you know Alibaba's largest single investment I think is in Southeast Asia so you know that's obviously great news for even companies hiring like VCs looking to raise funds I think everybody gets a boost from that I mean most people were very we're very happy to see that that deal a lot i talked to lots of vcs and they all said the same thing which is that this is really great for us it helps raise awareness of southeast asia you know helps validate this market like easier to raise new funds you know give out funds it's just a good thing for the industry basically josh Horwitz, our good friend from quartz made this argument after the news broke out that his view is that alibaba is buying instead of trying to build its way to southeast asia what are your thoughts on that well so they already offer some services here right aliexpress you can get stuff here. I mean, I, it makes sense, right? I mean, I don't run a startup, but I would assume that if you wanted to build somewhere, you don't do that because you can, uh, you know, you had to save on cost. If you can buy something and Alibaba has a hat load of cash, why not? You know, they do, in, I mean, in, in India, they've done this same thing. They found Paytm and they've invested in Paytm. That's their partner there. So, and they probably will acquire Paytm at some point. I mean, I, I think it makes, I, I never thought that they would build in Southeast Asia. It makes no sense for, for them. Who has actually benefited from the Alibaba investment? I mean, Rocket Internet, the early investors and probably yeah. the employees. So employees, there's a golden handcuff for some of them. They get equity if they stay or they, they get their shares if they stay. But Rocket companies are a bit strange and 
the equity did spread like a, like it usually would. Obviously, Rocket as the incubator retains a large slice of the company from the word go. So like the the higher level management would obviously have shares, considering that they they really did try to raise money last year very hard, and they actually ran out of cash. So to be sort of bailed out and to keep your shares is probably a good thing because I guess a lot of them would have been working there for a long time and they'd be worried that the company goes under then their shares aren't worth anything right but now obviously some of them have cashed I think they cashed out like 40 something percent of their stock was the limit and the rest of it is over the next sort of three years the interesting part of it is that there's a lot of losses that's being drive i mean the the question i saw always have is how does lazada driving so much revenue and yet not able to control their losses <laughs> well I, I think it's just a tough market because there's no Amazon, there's no eBay, right? You're building demand in the market from, from scratch, which is hard enough already, right? But then there's stuff like the payment systems. When they started four years ago, there weren't any of these companies that exist now that help with payments. There's just culturally, like every country is different. There's six countries in Southeast Asia that they're, that they're in. Culturally, everyone, every one of them is different. And infrastructure is not great. Actually, getting your deliveries out to people is difficult. I mean, there's so there's so many difficult things, right? So they and I mean, to be honest with you, they think that I don't like them, and it's not true. I actually do, I have a lot of respect for what they've done, but you know, as a business, you have to you have to make sure that you have cash, right? And they basically ran out of cash, so they, they they did get bailed out in the end. But actually, when you mentioned the investors, what's interesting about the, the investors? The Rocket International they made like 15x, right, or something like this. They they made a, they announced that they that they made a 15x return on the investment that they met they made. But actually, the other investors got back very very small returns. Actually, I think it looks like what people have been saying is that a lot of them are very upset because they bought into the idea that they're making Amazon for Southeast Asia and you know an exit 1.5 billion at 1.5 billion dollar valuation is pretty is pretty good but it's not the vision that they were buying into right they were buying into we're making Amazon which is you know tens of billions of dollars was their target so they kind of fell a bit short on that. But it does seem that they got a decent price, I guess, considering that they literally, you know, had, had run into the ground in terms of cash. And then at the same time, once that story b- broke, Zalora, which is Rockets Internet's other unprofitable Asian fashion portal, is also yeah. selling off business units. So how has actually Zalora performed so far within the Rocket Internet portfolio then? I think Zalora is a bit different. So from what I understand, this is all like secondhand information from folks who either work there or around Rocket Internet, right? So Zalora is a bit different. The margins are much higher uh, because they're selling fashion stuff rather than like an, the Amazon star model. And so the, the, the margins are higher. Repeat customer rates are higher. You know, all this other stuff is much higher. So they're actually doing okay. But the issue with them isn't so much money because Zalora is one of, I think, five companies that is run by an umbrella group called GFG, Global Fashion Group. I think Rocket Internet's holding company for all these, all these businesses. And so that deals with the, with the financials and it's doing okay as a general business. Well, I think the issue was that GFG is prioritizing some markets that they see as potentially returning their investment much, much faster. And some parts of Southeast Asia, they sort of saw as being less promising. And two of those were Vietnam and Thailand, and that's why they're selling their businesses. And I think they sold it to retail giant Central Group, which is yeah. buying the Thailand and the Vietnamese business, right? That's right. So, I mean, actually, it's pretty it's pretty huge in, in Thailand, as Thailand news goes, because Central has been building like e-commerce chops for ages like hiring lots of people without and they do have like an online store and but not like that much i mean it's a pretty big deal and they're like a 10 15 billion dollars 
of assets. So they're a pretty big company. They are in like Vietnam and other places too. So yeah. I, th- I thought I should just add to the point that the Zalora is part of the global fashion group, which is a consolidation by Rocket Internet for five emerging market brands. I think the other one is Dafiti, which is in Latin America, Jabong yeah. in India. The Monda yeah. in Russia and the Stans and Namshi, which is Middle East, and Zalora, which covers basically the rest of the world. So recently, I think they also had a valuation drop from US three point five billion to one point one billion with a fresh investment of three hundred forty million. <laughs> so that was interesting. So I guess as part of that consolidation, how does Rocket Internet actually view this investment? What does it sets up to do? for them then? I don't think anybody really knows the answer to that question. So what it looks like is legal insider trading, right? Because Rocket Internet obviously is a stakeholder in GFG. So they know how their business is doing and they invest insanely, well, insanely low. It's much lower than it was before. As you say, like one, one point, Two or one point five billion valuation versus like three point five yep. one year previous. Yeah, so what, it just looks like they're getting better value for their money. Basically, like they don't tend to in- invest like that much. I think Lazada they only invested like fifteen million dollars, and Lazada had raised like well over five hundred million. It's, it's a strange one. They don't tend to in- invest all that much. They tend to invest early, right? Then they have their sort of group of investors who do the follow up funding. It looks at least from the outside. Like they couldn't get investors or the right investors, so then Rocket had to step in. And then once they stepped in, they wanted the valuation to be lower, so they got more sort of stock. That's what it looks like. But I talked to somebody at Rocket, and he was said that that was wrong, and that actually all that Rocket is doing is is driving hard for a, for a good deal, and that they hadn't had problems raising for GFG, and that GFG is actually fine. Like the margins are pretty good. And this is the last round of funding that the company is going to need before it becomes profitable. And I mean, it's not relying on Southeast Asia, right? Which is a tough market. It's, it get, you know, some of those markets that you mentioned that they're in already, uh, they're, they're performing much, much better. So, But also Zalora also lose some senior executives like Harry Merkel and Ethne Pandir. I mean, who are they and why did that happen? They were, they, so they were some of the co-founding partners or some of the founding partners. There were originally four partners, five partners, and three of them have moved on. One of them is in GFG now. But yeah, I mean, what I mentioned earlier about how GFG wants to invest in markets that it sees that are more promising, that's what it looked like that was the issue. The guys in Southeast Asia at Zalora were really keen to push on. They didn't, there wasn't an alignment with what GFG thought and they were investing in other areas ahead of Southeast Asia. So that's it looks like that and obviously selling off two companies, inside, uh, two of the businesses in Southeast Asia, uh, Thailand and Vietnam, then when you see the founders Two of the founders leaving, then it does, you know, it becomes quite clear that there's some kind of disagreement that's going on there somewhere. So, yeah, that, that's interesting. So, actually, are the Zalora business units in Thailand, Vietnam doing well before they actually sold off, or are they actually not doing well? That's why well, they're trying to spin it off. I, I don't know about Vietnam that much, but Thailand's not been doing well, really. They've been losing people for a long time. There's not that many tech companies in Southeast Asia. So once you get in your area of expertise, then you become a, t- a target for smaller companies. So I know lots of new kind of commerce companies have been, you know, stealing staff from Zora quite easily because, you know, the, the, the conditions are different at Rocket Internet. You know, like we mentioned, you don't get equity like you would get in a, in a, in a usual startup. So, so Zora and and I guess Lazada as well are quite good for, for new, new startups finding talent. And I think they've also just found Thailand to be a tough market as well. Rekitan also exited Southeast Asia recently. I think we just we talked about this previously. Yeah, that's right. Last time. They shut down their companies. And the one in Thailand, which they'd acquired, 
years ago they sold that one as well and that was e-commerce player as well so it just shows like this region as a whole is is very promising and very exciting but it looks like a lot of companies have sort of overestimated what they can what they can do that that's the founding issue really when Lizarda started they they just got their their targets were way too high and they never hit their targets and they were losing a lot more money than they expected and they had to raise more money and it's you know the whole the whole dynamic of the company is impacted from the word go really like they they were trying to be profitable by by 2015 people that i talked to said they're probably like at least three or four years from that now so they they were really out and you know once that happens then you have to keep raising money and you're losing a lot more money than you thought you would so i mean that's the kind of issue i mean there are also other rumors as well and also given that rocket internet is rapidly selling off or divest their assets at the moment particularly in food delivery with food panda and also e-commerce with Zalora. does that actually give us some hints on the financing environment in general I think it's hard because Rocket Internet is such a different kind of business than most others. But I think, like I said, we did the podcast previously. I think I said, like, I, th- I think if you're early stage in Southeast Asia, there's more VCs than ever before. There's more funds than ever before. Like raising money if you're, if you're doing a good product isn't that hard. But when it gets harder is w- when you get to sort of Series B and onwards because there aren't as many funds that are catering to that kind of niche, really. So I think it's always going to be hard if you get to that that kind of size and i think that's what happened with you know the rocket internet companies the last round that lazada raised was like 18 months ago and yeah it becomes harder because there are so few investors that can cut like those hundred million dollar checks and if you've already got them you know on your team already it's quite hard to go out and, and raise again when your company's not performing as as you would as you would have hoped it was i guess this happens to all the big companies in Southeast stage i think you know probably having to grab taxi now definitely happened to lizard it happened to zalora before zalora joined gfg you know lots of these companies red mart there's lots of them who have you know kind of grown very quickly but they've got to the point where they're almost too big for Southeast asia and there aren't as many funds that can work with them and of course, most of the funds are also being split between places like China, India, yeah. where the number of unicorns are actually much more than as compared to, say, Southeast Asia, with yeah. such a small landscape as well. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's going to change. Like, I mean, you're already seeing like seed stage investors who are moving down to sort of Series A and Series B will probably come next. So it just takes time, really. But the interesting thing about Alibaba deal is that I've forgotten who pointed out first time but it looks like it had been sort of planned maybe for some time so Tomasek was the investor at the last round at like the end of 2004 and, and, and 14 sorry they're obviously an investor in Alibaba too so it looks like they were the one that made this deal happen and so you could probably trace the potential for the deal back to that funding round I mean it's completely possible that they invested in in Lazada at that time as a sort of pathway for Alibaba to buy the company and a lot of people talked about Rocket Internet's execution capability I guess in the past few years they seem to be just throwing money at the problem I recently read this pretty interesting analysis by a format Rocket Internet guy called Christoph Gerber it's interesting to examine his analysis because is it just the way they have hired because their turnover is so large that the whole institution just have no institutional memory. That's why they're having so much problems yeah. with, in terms of their execution. That does seem to be the case, yeah. Because, you know, the, I mean, people always talk about how, having a really great team is, is so important. If your churn rate is high and your team's always changing, then it, you know, makes it much, much, much harder, right? But yeah, I think it's down to like quite a few things. I think Rocket Internet has become like almost like a postgraduate school, like a post MBA school, where like those of these guys who've done MBAs or who've worked in consulting or you know whatever businesses they want to get into tech startups, so they go to Rocket Internet first, 
And they always say like that they that they learn in like six months or one year at Rocket. They, what they learn is worth like you know five times as much. And then they go on and then they start their own businesses. And I think I mean there's so many like that in Southeast Asia. It's crazy, right? I mean I mean Singapore. There are so many ex-Rocket Internet people. So yeah, I mean I, I think definitely is a. I mean I don't know so much about the European operations, but yeah, I mean in in, in Asia their turnover is insane, right? Given what is happening with the global markets, I guess has the Rocket Internet's promise failed in a way? Well, I mean they got a fifteen x return on on this deal with Alibaba. So I mean, and that company you know wasn't even doing all that well. So I don't think that they failed at all. But why do you think that has happened? Is that I mean the Rocket Internet. It's traditionally in the business of like of making easy money quickly. So starting companies that they know they can exit, you know, like uh, cloning the big companies in areas where they're, where they're not present and then selling them on. But I think that in the case of these commerce companies, they got a bit burnt because they, the companies got so big. They were so, you know, capital intensive that it wasn't. I mean, I, I don't think that it would be like that. I think that they thought it would be a couple of years of building it, then profitable and then sell to Amazon or Whoever. I think anything that they that they realized that after four or five years, these companies would, would, be, would be losing like a hundred million dollars per quarter. That wasn't really what they had in their plan. So I think now they sort of changed their their focus, and it looks like in Asia at least they're back to building sort of smaller, more nimble companies. I know they're recently building out a budget hotel concept called Zen Rooms, right? I think they also do it in Brazil yeah, as well. That's right. Yeah, they got Zen Rooms. They got a beauty on demand product as well. These are all businesses that have existed before Rocket launched their companies, but they think that they can a- execute better. So, well, Watching Rocket Internet, I don't know whether there's rise and fall in the past few years. I guess, what is the near and far impact to the startup ecosystems? I mean, to be honest, I, I have a different view. I think that the Rocket <laughs> Internet alumni is, I mean, maybe half as good and half as bad. What, what are your thoughts then? I think it's only been good. Like, they bought money, they bought expertise, they bought people to Southeast Asia. I think it's only been positive. Lazada and Zalora have helped, you know, grow e-commerce in the region, which is great for e-commerce companies. They've helped people get into tech and startups. They've helped, you know, future entrepreneurs learn. They put money into the region. They put the region on the, on the map in terms of, like, China and India and investors and whatnot. So I think it's only been positive. And I'm not a, a hater of rocket mm. whatsoever. I, I've got, you know, I mean, as a person who lives in a country where there's no Amazon, I actually like e-commerce services. So I'm quite grateful that, you know, they're in Southeast Asia. But, I mean, they're not doing a great job. I mean, their businesses aren't doing, you know, aren't particularly great from a, from a customer's point, point of view. But, hey, you know, they're, they're building something that doesn't exist here, which is, which is really, really great. So what just annoyed me about the news was that, no, was and you know everyone's positioning this as Alibaba has to get into Southeast Asia now. It's the time for them. Actually, that's not really true. I mean, obviously, you don't do an investment and initially keen to to move into a place, but they were kind of the hand was sort of forced because the you know running out of cash situation. So yes, great news for Southeast Asia. It's more about what was happening at Lazada. That's the reason for the investment rather than Alibaba waking up one day and going, hey, let's get into this stage like right this moment, you know. And, so. and, and to be fair, I'm also not a hater just in case a lot of my <laughs> listeners think I am. I always think that they are just a bunch of necessary evil. And I actually thought Alibaba made the right move in buying out Lazada and I think that they actually got it at a very good price because yeah. can you imagine if, they, if Rocket Internet had made their execution good, 
then it will be very expensive to try to acquire Lazada. Yeah, I think it's a good move for everybody. I mean, like Alibaba gets a business that is already established in five countries. Lazada gets fresh investment expertise. Some of the investors get a return when maybe at one point it looked like they weren't going to get one at all. It's good for the industry in Southeast Asia, you know, Everybody, it's, it's good for every, everybody, really. The narrative would be in Rocket Internet in its current form, does it exist in a few years' time or will it just continuously pivot as well? I know in, in Europe, they have a venture fund running now. So they have yeah. also pivoted a lot from their own model. I mean, yeah. in, your, in your perspective, do you think that they will change? Yeah, I think they, they already have. I think they're going after like easier and easier than building massive capital and intensive companies. I think they've, they've learned from this. They, you know, they overestimated what they thought that they could do with these, with these commerce companies. And, you know, four or five years of like losing money and like lots of money and having to raise big, big rounds of funding to, to keep going. That wasn't what I think that they saw when they launched these businesses. So it's going to be back to much more nimble, you know, less capital and intensive companies that's what they can be doing next, I think. And then that's what they will be doing, right, in Southeast Asia. And of course, the Silicon Valley guys don't want to buy the clone companies from them anymore after the experience <laughs> of Groupon. I, I think one of the interesting thing, data point that I thought was interesting was that I think the last company they saw was Groupon. They tried to clone Airbnb, Uber, and yeah. all the other companies, and it didn't work out for them. Well, they sold one company, right? Airbnb mm-hmm. bought one. No, Airbnb didn't buy anything from them because there was an interesting Stanford the startup cost by Sam Altman and Brian Chesky made a point about that they didn't buy from Rocket Internet was one of the most important pieces of their culture alright I feel they sold somebody I mean this is where my knowledge of Europe is pretty is pretty poor but Mm. like one big company did buy one of their 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 client businesses yeah I think it's travel was one of the travel companies in, in the US or Europe. Yes, they yeah. did bought the window. I mean, I think yeah. actually this Alibaba deal just shows that actually buying rock internet companies is actually fine. Like, I, th- I think it's actually okay. Because in Southeast Asia, you know, as you mentioned, you either build or you buy. Mm. Basically, like Alibaba's going to have to make a lot of changes, right? They're going to have to sort a lot of shit out at that company. But actually, they're buying a, you know, not that much money for, for them they're buying a good a good head start in, in this in this part of the of the world and i think that yeah maybe in the past there was real stigma about buying rocket internet companies but that might change now after this investment deal yeah it will actually depends on how alibaba integrates lazada into their platform in, yeah. in the next few years i think this this will be something that will probably be revisited from time to time yeah, my penultimate question to you is: What are the interesting news that have been happening in Southeast Asia lately? For uh, I've been on vacation, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I just think I'm interested to see like how it's a different kind of era now. There's more mature investment community out there in terms of fund fund size. There's more seasoned entrepreneurs. You know, there's proof of exits. I think it's a good time to be in Southeast Asia. I think is winter coming? I, I think everywhere's going to be affected right to some point but i still think that if you're early stage in southeast asia there are so many c stage funds right i mean taking money to get your business started is not as difficult as it has been so i think it's a really great place place to be i, f- I find that everybody thinks that when we talk about winter is coming we are talking about the bad parts because but the best businesses <laughs> are usually built during winter yeah yeah well I th- that's definitely true but yeah. I, I just think there's lots of opportunities here like mm. this is why like this part of the world is interesting you know, there aren't Amazons and, and these kind of companies. So there are opportunities. If you want to start a, a company, you can do something, there's a chance that you can actually 
find find a space in the market here and get seed stage funding and you know actually have a good go at it so i mean it gets i think what's also happening actually is we mentioned already this but the other companies that are further down the path sort of series get much harder and i guess that they're going to be some either fire sales or acquisitions or, or maybe even companies that are cl- closing down after raising, you know, multiple millions from, from VCs. So, yeah, I think it's, an, it's going to be a new sort of period in Southeast Asia's tech base, yeah. Greg recently just hired a new CFO who is formerly from Hook, right? Yeah, right, yeah. And, yeah. and so, John, I, I guess you're always on the front line of the news in Southeast Asia and probably <laughs> Asia Pacific. I, you also have your Asia tech review so help my audience how do they find you uh on twitter john russell and yeah my newsletter is asiatechreview.com and it's once a week i actually i i made it because i found myself not reading as much news as i should should Mm. do i thought if i make a newsletter then i actually have to read news and it sort of guilts me into into doing it but hopefully people Find it to be useful, which is which is which is uh, good. I followed it and I find it very useful every week. Yeah, I mean, you annotated most of the most important news of the week for me. So uh, this stuff doesn't. I mean, it's, again, it's the, there isn't anything really out there. So that's the that's the difference, really. You can find me at bleongcw@bernalong.com. Subscribe to us at Analyze Asia, A N A L Y S E Asia, or you can drop find us in Acast, SoundCloud iTunes and Stitcher and of course recently now we are on Google Play as well but it's only available in the US market and once again John it's great to have you on the show and I think we should be probably talking again pretty soon pleasure thank you